There was a pair of huge upsets of teams vying for that top playoff spot, avoiding Super Wildcard Weekend, getting that first round by some brutal losses for a pair of NFC teams trying to get that top spot. And AFC North, complete chaos. We try to figure out which team will actually win that division after some big wins and some bad losses. I'm your host, Bo Brock, and it's the Locked On NFL Podcast. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, fire it up. It is the Locked On NFL Podcast. I'm your Monday host, Bob Rock, daily host of the Locked On Cardinals. And I mean, talk about a team that wants to forget about week 15 of the NFL season. Well, they played like they forgot about week 15 in the NFL season. That contest. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at Lockdown Network for great daily content, not just NFL, but all around the sports world, all a part of our great Lockdown Podcast Network. And of course, you can follow me on the bird at Bob Rackies as well, Brock. And thanks for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen each and every day. So there was some monumental upsets that went down over the weekend, and it was a pair of teams that are vying for some top NFC playoff spots, the top NFC playoff spot, because that's far from being decided. It's going to go down to the wire, but some huge losses there with a pair of teams vying for it. Almost a third team fell in a game that they should have won, and then an opposing team coaches got gotten away. We'll explain what that means. And the AFC North is just complete chaos. Like Which team is actually going to win that division where all four of them are over 500 Cleveland goes tonight uh, in a doubleheader of Monday Night Football action. You've got the Cleveland Browns. They were slated to play on Saturday against the Raiders, but they were just crushed uh, by positive tests. And the Browns will play as part of a Monday Night doubleheader tonight. The second game is going to be the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. The weekend slate of NFL games kicked off on Saturday night. We got one game, and it was uh, maybe a reimagining of the Colts and Patriots rivalry. It's looking a lot different these days. No Peyton Manning, no Tom Brady. Those guys are long gone, and now it looks like a new face is emerging. Jonathan Taylor had a massive game and a 27-17 win for the Indianapolis Colts over the Patriots. To talk about it, our guy Evan Sattery from Lockdown Colts, Colts joins us here on the Lockdown NFL Podcast, and uh, Evan, it seemed like Bill Belichick wanted to key in and take Jonathan Taylor out of this game, and he just simply wasn't able to do so. He's too talented. Yeah, it was incredible just to watch them get off to that hot start on Saturday night, just the way that the offensive line controlled the game from the first drive they had and the second drive as well. You can just see the offensive line just continuously pushing the Patriots front seven back, and that's a rarity these days for New England where their front seven is their strength. But Quentin Nelson, the guys up front there for the offensive line, really dominated throughout this game. Jonathan Taylor, what can you say about him at this point? I think he's the runaway offense player of the year. I think he legitimately has a case for MVP at this point. I think he's definitely in the top three, I would say. Just the way he continues to just be the lifeline for this Colts team. Carson Wentz, quite frankly, Bo, was awful yesterday. He was terrible. And the way that Jonathan Taylor has carried that offense and carried that team was just incredible to watch. This guy's only 22 years old. He's on pace for over 2,200 yards and 23 touchdowns this year. Just amazing numbers. He's playing up as a running back. And the way he's single-handedly carrying this team to the playoffs, they were 0-3 to start the season. They were 1-4 as well. Now they're in a spot where they're 8-6, and, and they could win out the rest of the way. It's truly incredible what John Taylor has done. He's had 19 touchdowns in the last 11 games, too. Just absolutely incredible what he's doing. Yeah, 11 straight games with a touchdown for Jonathan Taylor. And 
do, do you think that the team proved on Saturday night that they were able to win in spite of a bad performance from their quarterback against a really good Patriots team? Yes, I do think so. That was a statement game, I believe. And it's, it is a little worrisome, I should say, Bo, that Carson Wentz has these bad games against the AFC's elite teams. They saw against Tennessee at his worst game of the year. See against New England now, it's his worst game of the year as well. That could come back to bite them in the playoffs, but this Colts defense is really starting to stabilize, even when they lost Julian Black for the season with a blown-out Achilles. The way that stabilization's happened in the secondary, Kenny Moore at nickel corner, Darius Leonard, linebacker, had, had a couple massive plays yesterday as well. And also DeForest Buckner in the middle, he's really started to settle down over the last month plus of the season. Those are three guys that stabilize this entire defense. And with those three back there, this Colts team, I think, is legitimately a top 10 defense, even with all the holes they have in the secondary and a lack of edge presence right now. Quiddy Pay is having a slow adjustment to the league as a rookie pass rusher, but Buckner's really carrying the load there. This is a strong defense, a strong running back, a really strong fundamental head coach in Frank Reich, who we saw yesterday, can really open up his play, playbook and get very creative when need be. You have the head coach, you have the defense, you have the superstar in Jonathan Taylor. This is a team I don't think anyone wants to play on wildcard weekend. No, no. So with that being said, three weeks left to go. Big game coming up against a team that uh, faltered over the weekend in the Arizona Cardinals on Christmas for this Colts team. They match up very well, but just the rest of the way, just looking at the games, what do they have to accomplish now in that super wildcard weekend? Because the ship has sailed on anything, you know, they're playing that weekend regardless. Yeah, for sure. There's a very small, minuscule chance. I'd say it boosted up a little bit today with Tennessee losing, but the Titans play their next two games against San Francisco and Miami, arguably two of the hottest teams outside of Indy in the NFL right now. And if they lose those two games and the Colts went out, they somehow win the AFC South, which would just be an incredible story. But more realistically, they're probably going to finish as the five seed in the AFC if they went out, and more likely they're probably going to play against like a Baltimore or Tennessee. But this team right now, just they're eight and three in their last eleven games. They had. 11 straight games with a 10-plus point lead. They've blown three double-digit leads over that span, which is incredible. I mean, they should be 11-0 and in their last 11 games, if not for those choke jobs they had in those three games against Tennessee, Baltimore, and Tampa Bay. But just the way this Colts team is playing right now, just literally Jonathan Taylor is the 2019 version of Derrick Henry. The way that he carried the Titans to the playoffs, to the AFC title game, it seems like it's almost an exact script at this point where Jonathan Taylor is the new Derrick Henry, and he's going to ride the ship all the way to the playoffs, maybe a deep playoff run. Because this Colts team, they're averaging 32 points per game over the last nine weeks of the season. They're only allowing 19 points per game as well over that span. They're getting hot at the right time. We saw it in 2018 with the Colts, too, and Andrew Luck came back, and they went on a magical run to go 10-6 and six and win a couple games in the playoffs as well. When they get hot, they get hot for a very long time. And this is a Colts team where I feel like, quite honestly, I think they can win a playoff game or two. And this is a team where I feel like if Jonathan Taylor keeps this up, if Carson Wentz can just be competent, he doesn't have to be great or anything like that, just be competent. I think this Colts team can really make a deep playoff run and might be a sleeper in the AFC come playoff time. The Pats had their seven-game win streak snapped, but the team remains second overall as far as the AFC playoff standings go. And, of course, atop the AFC East, there was a huge upset of a top NFC team vying for that number one seed. I'll tell you who it is, but I'm excited to tell you about Boost Mobile. You, of course, listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of your favorite podcast, just like this one, the Lockdown NFL Podcast. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed 
of 5G. With all that money you're saving, all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save. Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers in one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available everywhere or for all phones or networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Bo Brock hanging out with you on a Monday edition of the Lockdown NFL Podcast. Thank you so much for making the Lockdown NFL Podcast your first listen each and every day. We know you have so many options as far as getting your football insight and info and making us your top listen. We appreciate that. There's no question what the biggest upset was on Sunday in the NFL is the Detroit Lions absolutely just dismantling the 10-win Arizona Cardinals 30-12, to taking the drama out of the equation. No Justin Tucker ripping their hearts out from 60-plus yards. No overtime. No back and forth with the Vikings. It was just from the opening kickoff, Jared Goff and the Lions dominating the Arizona Cardinals. Goff had three touchdowns, turning back the clock. To talk about it, we're bringing on our guy, Matt Derry. Some guy named Craig Reynolds, Matt, uh, he rushed for over 100 yards, and it, the rest of the roster wasn't very recognizable for this, day, this uh, Detroit Lions team. How were they able to just dominate this Arizona Cardinals team on Sunday? Well, Bo, they showed up. Obviously, the Cardinals did not, and the Lions, pretty much every game, maybe only a couple, have not shown up under Dan Campbell. They play hard. They brought it today with energy and physicality, and and the Cardinals did not. And, and when you're playing for something, as Campbell has preached to his guys, we're going to play no matter for 111 or 1-1 or whatever, uh, they were physical today. They were fantastic. Goff had time to throw. You mentioned Craig Reynolds, the fifth string running back, going over 100 yards. And they had the intensity and the effort today, and the Cardinals did not. Jared Goff improves the 8-1 career against the Arizona Cardinals in his career. It seems like anytime he has a tough performance, he has a get-right bounce-back game against Arizona. Was it... His teammates helping him out have a, a solid performance, or was Jared Goff just really good uh, in the 30-12 to 12 win? Well, I think it started with the running game. Once you get the run game started, then you go play action for Goff to give him time to throw the defense a little uneasy. That's when he's at his best. Goff is at his worst when it's 3rd and 9, 3rd and 10, and, and teams are pinning back their ears. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is starting to come into his own. Josh Reynolds, a guy that Goff, of course, had targeted in L.A. with the Rams. They played together. Just got picked up a few weeks ago. He's been good. Um, and and the play calling of Dan Campbell today was pretty solid. Fourth and one, they knew what to do. Uh, get the ball to Reynolds. Uh, the first and goal call after the Oruarie interception. Let's play pass it and get Goff in space and throw it to convince to the fullback. Uh, little things like that all kind of worked together in Goff's favor today. And, and he was comfortable. And play calling on the other side of the football looked really good. A little up-and-comer, actually a budding superstar, defensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions. I thought what he was able to do was even more so than what the Rams accomplished on Monday Night Football in, in slowing down Kyler Murray in this Cardinals offense. Yeah, a lot of blitzing. Uh, uh, Jalen Reeves-Maven, um, uh, Charles Harris, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator, did a really nice job of saying, look, we're not going to sit back and spy on Murray, and, uh, and if he runs, we'll get him. They just went at him. They really rattled him today. And, and the best defense for the Lions today were those long drives on offense where Murray was off the field. You could tell they missed Hopkins in a big way. Um, uh, but the Lions did a really good job today. Uh, the corners, whether it was Oruwarie and others, uh, Will Harris even as sort of a safety move to corner, they did a pretty good job during the game of keeping those guys at bay. Ertz usually has a huge game, huge games against the Lions. He was fine, but nothing special. And um, all in all, like you said, Glenn attacking, getting Harris and other guys going, 
I, they kind of brought some energy today and all in, all around it's a really solid performance from Detroit. And with it, we're going to have a, uh, you know, a, a fight to the finish as far as the top pick in the NFL draft going forward. The Lions now have their second win of the season. The Cardinals have now dropped back-to-back games. They're 10-4 and four overall. They're fourth overall in the NFC playoff standings. As far as those teams vying for that top draft pick, a pair of them met on Sunday in Week 15. It was the Texans snapping a three-game losing skid as they beat the Jags, the first game that Jacksonville had without Urban Meyer after firing him later last week. They won 30-16. to Rookie quarterback Davis Mills, third-round pick out of Stanford, threw for 209 yards, two touchdowns a pick to help Houston improve the 3-11. He connected twice in the end zone with Brandon Cooks, who had 102 yards on seven catches. Tremont Smith, he had uh, Tremont Smith, he had a... Helped out in the winning effort. A 98-yard kickoff return for a touchdown in the first quarter. Jacksonville is now positioned for the top draft pick as it fell to 2-12. and 12. Trevor Lawrence, the top pick from 2021, had a quiet game. 210 yards on 22 of 38 pass attempts. James Robinson finally getting some hay. He was a bright spot, 75 yards and a touchdown. The Jaguars have lost six straight. The Cowboys stayed perfect in division plays. They crushed the Giants 21-6 at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford. Dallas forced four turnovers and limited New York to two field goals in the win. Their third straight, Dak Prescott threw for 217 yards, a touchdown while Ezekiel Elliott rushed for 52 yards and a score on the ground. The Cowboys improved to 10-4, stayed a perfect 4-0 against the NFC East. The Giants struggled mightily without Daniel Jones as backup Mike Glennon threw for three interceptions and was benched in favor of Jake Fromm, the former Georgia quarterback. It also didn't help that Saquon Barkley was limited to just 50 rush yards on 15 carries. New York dropped its third straight to 4-10. Four, to the Giants set a season low with just six points. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, the other team in New York, Allen had 210 passing yards, three touchdowns as the Bills beat the Panthers 31-14. In Orchard Park, Buffalo took 24-8 lead into the fourth quarter and was able to coast to the win in that victory. Gabriel Davis caught five passes, 85 yards, and two touchdowns. The Bills currently hold the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture with an 8-6 record. Cam Newton had just 156 yards passing, 71 yards rushing, a passing touchdown, and a rushing score. The Panthers drop to 5-9. and nine. Newton 0-4 as a starter for the Panthers, I don't believe, it's like 0-12 in his last 12 starts for the Panthers. Rough, rough, rough patch for Cam Newton, who uh, announced he was back a couple weeks ago. Make it six in a row for the Dolphins. Devontae Parker scored a go-ahead touchdown late in the fourth quarter as Miami beat the Jets 31-24 in Miami. Duke Johnson ran for 207 yards, two touchdowns on the ground. The Dolphins improve even their record to 7-7. Seven and seven. It was a long road back, but they got there. Zach Wilson threw for 170 yards, the number two overall pick, rushed for a touchdown in the loss for the Jets. New York is 3-11. It was an absolute must win for the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, and they did that. They were able to uh, turn the Tennessee Titans over four times, and they also shut them down on fourth down to seal a big victory over the Titans. 19-13, the Steelers win. They overcome a 10-point deficit and rally past Tennessee to join us to talk about the big victory. Chris Carter, of course, locked on Steelers. Chris, how is uh, Pittsburgh really be able to get back into this game and notch the big W? It was a huge win. It, was, it, it keeps the playoff hopes alive. It got them 7-6-1. Um, this, this was a game also 
where they needed to, the Steelers need to win their style of way. You know, we went into the season saying you knew the offense wasn't going to be a whole lot of revamped offensive line that was going to need to be a lot together. You're, you're going to have Ben Roethlisberger in the old version of himself, not playing his best. You know, you were missing Juju Smith-Schuster on his injury earlier in the year. This defense needed to put together. It hadn't for a lot of this year because it's been banged up. T.J. Watts blocks of games. Alex Highsmith missed the game. Stephon Tewitt hasn't played yet. Uh, Joe Hayden just missed a month. But you saw in a big moment when their backs were against the wall, T.J. Watt, a sack and a half. He now has 17 and a half, the most in the, ever in a single season in the franchise history. And he's missed multiple games. He's only played a full nine games so far this season. And he's still putting up those kind of numbers. And that's not to mention everything else that happened in this game, forcing four turnovers, get a turnover on downs on the final on the final pass with Joe Hayden nicking the stop right at the sticks. They did a lot of things right in this game. They'll have some run stuff in problems, but you see there are lots of pieces that just have to work with, make of its pack included. When we look at this murky AFC North and you've got uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and you've got the Cleveland Browns and You've got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. Can the Steelers maybe separate themselves, especially at this time of year, with their ability to play on that defensive side of the football? It certainly looks that way, though, because when you look at the rest of the AFC North, and I said this from the jump, uh, the Ravens were going to be the team that I thought could hold on, but they're, they have suffered so many injuries. They're about to. Uh, they hold on very strong in that in that Packers game. But I think mm-hmm. that they're about to go through some really tough struggles. You know, no Marlon Humphrey. There was a stress. They lost Jimmy Smith this game. Uh, Huntley's played some impressive football, but I think eventually that's going to come back down, and it's not going to always be there. There's going to be teams that adjust his style of play, and it's going to it's going to be rough for them. Uh, the Bengals are a team I said a while ago. They were looking really impressive early. They're so wildly inconsistent with the way that they play. You know, that I, I don't trust them down the home stretch. The Browns, as long as Baker Mayfield, their quarterback, I, he hamstrings the team. And again, I'm not saying the Steelers are going to walk away with the division here, but this is a year that the Steelers are arguably the worst that they've been out in a year that they had Ben Roethlisberger since maybe 2012 and 2013. And this was the year that the, the AFC North, by, by a lot of people's standards, should have walked past the Steelers. But here they are sitting there battling right in it. They're, uh, I believe, a game behind the Ravens and uh, a half game uh, behind behind the Bengals right now. They're right in this mix, and the Steelers really do have a legitimate chance to win this division. Funny enough, though, that might be the best chance to make the playoffs the way that the records are working out. There's so many eight-win yeah. teams right now in the AFC, yeah. and the Steelers 7-6-1 and one because of that tie the Lions. They're going to they're, they're gonna be a half game behind all those teams. Yeah, it seems like they've just cannibalized each other in that division. It's impressive, all of them over 500. You know, the offense, it was a pretty pedestrian afternoon for Big Ben. He had the rushing touchdown, funny enough, his first rushing touchdown since 2018. He passed Phillip Rivers for fifth all-time as far as the all-time passing yardage list. 148, you have, uh, you know, just through the air from Big Ben. Can they, do you see this offense, do they have the ability to figure it out, or are they who they are at this point uh i mean is, is there any room for improvement you know from this offense that you could see happening between now and the end of the season and them becoming a big enough force to really contend i mean the room for improvement to me is just ben roethlisberger getting into the flow just being able to do what he wants to do um i, I see that when i when i look at deal 22 and i examine what's happening you know from a full field perspective 
uh, you see Ben Roethlisberger just not seeing the open man. Um, but then you also, you know, I point. I, mean, I said this on Locked On Steel. It's kind of like the scene in the office when one's got the finger guns pointing at each other because everybody's fall. One minute the <laughs> offense line's falling apart. One minute Ben Roethlisberger's missing exactly. Uh, and one minute Ben Roethlisberger's yeah. missing the receiver. Matt Canada's calling third down and fourth fake to the end zone to Ray out your fourth receiver option and your shortest receiver. There's all sorts of problems going around, but. There are times when things click in this offense, and I think a huge part of it is when Ben throws down the middle of the field. When he does it, the Steelers find success, and it builds success, and it opens up holes for Najee Harris. But when it doesn't, those linebackers, they crash the line of scrimmage. And you saw in this game, Najee Harris couldn't get started because the, the Titans weren't scared of anything Ben Roethlisberger would, or would throw over the middle. That's where things have to change for the Steelers. Whether it's Ben Roethlisberger calling plays and running no huddle to make it happen, like he has in some of their late comebacks that they've tried to push, or if it's Ben Roethlisberger actually just reading defense and actually make, making more plays. It's a mixed bag of problems. They have playmakers. I think that's the bottom line here, Bo. Najee Harris is a playmaker. Pat Frymuth is a really big playmaker. Deontay Johnson is a true wide receiver one. They've got talent. That offensive line is really bad. Ben hasn't been his best. They've got, but with the, with the way this team is constructed, TJ Watt can be healthy. They are seven and two. TJ Watt plays all four quarters of, of a game. If he can stay healthy, Joe Hayden is back. If that defense can stay healthy, this offense really legitimately may just need to put up around 23, 24 points a game, and they'll be right in the thick of every one of their battles. Big test coming up, the Kansas City Chiefs, the day after Christmas, a week from yesterday. It's going to be a huge game and a big test for that defense. There's another huge upset that went down in the NFC in nearly a third. Excited to tell you about those games. But first, I'm pumped to tell you about, of course, that this holiday season, you can grab the protein like a candy bar. Actually, even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. Filled with so much holiday goodness, rich, decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories. Sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. Where you want it, you get the best of both worlds delicious and healthy. So many flavors. Nine of them you can always rely upon. You'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you're going to need this holiday season to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. And look, you're not you're going to want to cozy up with something warm. Here's your holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt. Give it a little bit of uh, extra flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. With all, of course, the nutritional benefits from Built Bar. Right now, go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's using the promo code LOCK15, LOCKED15, for 15% off at Built.com. Also, tis the season to get some action on these great NFL games. Plus, you've got to NBA Christmas slate just around the corner. Bet Online has you covered all season long with props, odds, and more lines than ever before. All football season as they march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season and in the new year. Head over to their new updated desktop mobile website. Sign up today, receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. If you put in $100, bucks, you get 50 free dollars. To play around with, use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, to receive your bonus from hoops, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers available for the 2021-2022 season. Bet online. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. 
Still four more games to go in week 15 of the NFL season. A pair of games tonight. Cleveland hosts the Las Vegas Raiders. You've got the Bears hosting Minnesota Vikings. Will primetime Kirk Cousins show up or good Kirk Cousins? Also, you've got a couple games tomorrow. The Rams, they play host to the Seattle Seahawks. And then the Washington football team visits the Philadelphia Eagles. And actually a game that's big for the NFC playoff picture. I'm your Monday host, Bo Brock. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen. The surging Niners are running their way to another victory. Debo Samuel posted his seventh rushing touchdown of the season to tie an NFL record as the Niners crushed the Falcons 31-13 in Santa Clara. Samuel's mark ties the league record for most rushing touchdowns by a wide receiver. Jeff Wilson Jr. ran for 110 yards in a score, while Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, also scored on the ground for the 49ers, who have won 5 of 6 to improve to 8-6 and on the season. San Francisco currently holds the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. Jimmy Garoppolo finished 18 for 23, 235 yards, and a touchdown in the win. Matt Ryan was 19 for 32, 236 yards, and a tutty for Atlanta, which fell to 6-8. Cincinnati Bengals beat the Denver Broncos 15-10 in a defensive bout and in power field. 56-yard touchdown reception by Tyler Boyd put Cincinnati up for good in the third quarter, and the Bengals' defense forced a fumble after the Broncos were first in goal on their following drive. Cincy also forced a turnover on downs during Denver's final drive of the game. Joe Burrow threw for 157 yards and a touchdown in the win. The Bengals are tied for the AFC North lead with Baltimore at 8-6, but Cincinnati currently holds the tiebreaker. Teddy Bridgewater had 98 yards passing before he was carted off the field in the third quarter with a head injury. Denver is one game back of the final AFC wildcard spot at 7-7. Seven and seven. The Packers, they were nearly upset, but they went on the road and secured the NFC North. But it wasn't easy. Green Bay withstood a late two-point conversion attempt from the Ravens to win 31-30 in Baltimore. This is the Packers' third straight time winning the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers threw for 268 yards, three touchdowns, as Green Bay moved to 11-3, the top spot in the AFC. Ravens backup quarterback Tyler Huntley looked nothing like a backup as he passed for 215 yards, two touchdowns, and ran for 73 yards and two scores. He scored the touchdown that could have tied the game. Uh, but John Harbaugh decided to go for two. He said it was his gut that told him to go for it. Mark Andrews was a madman. Great game. Ten catches, 136 yards, two scores. Baltimore falls to eight and six. Wrapping up the action on Sunday with Sunday Night Football was the uh, Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking to posture themselves for the top NFC playoff spot going up against division rival New Orleans in this game, obviously down in Tampa. And the Saints... Their defense came to play in this contest. They actually took Tom Brady's team and shut him out for the first time since 2006 when he was a member of the New England Patriots, shut out by the Miami Dolphins. 9 nothing was the, to- was the total in the uh, final score on Sunday Night Football. To talk about it, Ross Jackson, Locked On Saints, Locked On NFL, joins us here on the podcast. And Ross Brady, he lost some key playmakers in this contest. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and of course running back Leonard uh, uh, Leonard Fournette. Why I don't know why I stumbled on his name there. It's a pretty simple one to say, but Fournette out there, no playoff Lenny. Um, but the Saints defensively, they were shutting the Bucks down before those playmakers even exited. Yeah, absolutely. And look, like there's no pretending that those three players not being there for 
Tom Brady and for Tampa Bay didn't factor in, right? Like that very clearly factored in. But even before that, you could see the New Orleans Saints rattling Tom Brady and doing what it is that they've just continued to do for whatever reason better than any other team or better than any other defense in the NFL. There's just something about this New Orleans Saints defense and the way that they prepare for Tom Brady and his weapons that has just been incredibly effective. They end up turning him over again in this one, almost turned him over on the first pass of the game, but you know they get the fumble on him late and then they end up getting four sacks in this one. I mean, they have done a very, very good job of uh, you know turning him over and making sure that they're keeping him uncomfortable, putting him on the move. And that was a big, big piece of why the Saints defense and therefore the New Orleans Saints so successful in this game. Yeah, and they mentioned on the broadcast and Chris Collinsworth made a good point, you know, the rest of the league is going to just just comb through this tape about how they were able to do it, but you know, it's been there before. They've had success right. against Brady before. How come Dennis Allen's defense is is able to have that success? Is it just personnel? Is it just the is it the, the scheme? What is it in your opinion that the Saints are able to do it and other teams struggle with it? Yeah, personnel is a big part of it. I mean, outside of Tom Brady, the New Orleans Saints have been building their team around trying to limit and compete within the division and compete with a team like Tampa Bay's receivers for years now. I mean, they've been building this defense to be able to you know, hang around with athletic running backs like Christian McCaffrey, but then stand up with big physical wide receivers like Mike Evans, and then also build uh, toward their the, the nickel and the slot to be able to defend guys like Chris Godwin. So they've done a really remarkable job at making sure that they built a team that can be competitive within division. And part of that is building one that's geared towards taking away Tom Brady's weapons. Uh, CJ Garner Johnson spoke with media before this game earlier on in the week and mentioned like, look, Tom Brady's going to call your buff your, your bluff three hours before the game starts. I mean, you're not going to show him <laughs> anything that he hasn't seen before. So it comes down to X's and O's, knowing their tendencies and matching up well with his weapons. A big knock to the Bucks trying to get that top NFC playoff spot. Uh, but for the, the Saints, they go to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're right in the thick of this NFC playoff picture. Uh, we look at this offense, and Taysom Hill and the Saints offense, not exactly the best day either. Pretty quiet, awful on third down. What was it? Three for 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a trio of field goals, but no turnovers. Is that just the key to the game, though, for that offense? Just take care of the football, let that defense kind of do the work. Yeah, and you certainly saw them be a lot more aggressive on the offensive side during the first half of this game. Uh, Interim head coach Dennis Allen, because of course Sean Payton wasn't able to be a part of this game as he was on the COVID IR list, or COVID reserve list, excuse me, and so he was watching from home. Uh, You know, Dennis Allen spoke after the game and mentioned that they sort of shifted to a bit of a ball control approach in the second half, and you certainly saw that. uh, you know, Taysom Hill completing seven of 11 passes in the second half for just over 50 yards. I mean, they did not go overly aggressive in the second half. So for this one, in terms of judging the Saints offense, I'll wait to see what they look like next week up against the Miami Dolphins. But for this one, I, I think that they did a good job at least protecting the ball and holding on to the ball, not creating any unnecessary turnovers and getting any um, additional possessions to that Tom Brady led offense, which could have given them the momentum or the rhythm that they were trying to strike and struggled to strike against this Saints defense throughout. Yeah, I'm glad the Saints went with Dennis Allen kind of running the ship and we didn't have to see Kevin James go method actor. Of course, <laughs> he's coming that. up in the Netflix movies, you know, about right. Ke- with Sean Payton and his time away from the Saints. I'm just glad they didn't go yeah. that direction. Yeah, I-, I hear Kevin James is busy doing his uh, doing his studies for the next movie that'll come out, which will be what Sean Payton did during quarantine over the course of this week. <laughs> so they'll need Kevin James ready for that one, of course. Oh, the sequel. We're a highly anticipated <laughs> sequel, that's for sure. Thank you, Ross. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely, buddy.
You'll, of course, hear Ross and Luke Braun on tomorrow's episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast. They hold down Tuesday duties, and they'll be recapping the Monday night doubleheader tonight. Of course, you've got the Browns looking to keep pace in the AFC North. They host Vegas. They try to keep their AFC playoff hopes alive in the first game. Game two, a pair of bitter NFC North rivals. They're squaring off Vikings. They try to stay in the NFC playoff picture. And the Bears, Justin Fields, is back for a second consecutive week. And then, of course, Ross and Luke will look ahead to Tuesday's matchups between the Seattle Seahawks and Los Angeles Rams from SoFi Stadium and the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles in a key NFC East showdown. That's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, your Monday host of the Locked On NFL podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow, of course, the network at Lock On Networks for great content there. Thanks for making us your first listen of, as well. Now make Locked On Bets your second list, and it's your one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. There's four games left in Week 15. Your boy Q and expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling is going to hook you up, get you on the right track. It's free, and it's available just like this podcast on all pl- platforms. Last of your Monday, enjoy your week. I'll talk to you next week, recapping the Sunday in the weekend that was Week 16 of the NFL season.